This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt, and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, Snowflakes. How are you, Steve? Uh, I'm full of beans. I'm very excited. Full of lasagna and beans. It's, well, <laughs> that is the big food stuff of uh, the anti-Brexit movement, as we know. It certainly we is. We still have lasagna and beans badges available, by yeah, the way. Yeah, drop us a line and we'll drop get us some out too. You can get the address from the uh, your print copy of the New European. What? And we'll send you a lasagna and beans badge, but do you want them or even to, a sticker. Do you want them to write us a letter? You could write us a... Yeah. And then we will... What, like stamped to dressed envelopes? Yeah, stamped to dressed envelopes. Wow. Yeah. I used to send out lots of stamped to dressed envelopes when I was a kid. Yeah. Get all kinds of things back. It was great, wasn't it? I used to, do you know what I used to do? Yeah. I used, oh, God, I was a sad child. I used to design new cars. And then hope to get a car back in a stamped to dressed envelope. And then I would send them my designs. Yeah. And they would send me like posters and badges and stuff. Brilliant. This car runs on lasagna and beans. Yeah. So maybe you could do that. Design your car. Design a car. Or design you could design a you could design a better Brexit badge than our lasagna and <laughs> yeah. beans one. And we'll send you one of them. And we'll send you one of our crap badges. Anyway, enough of this nonsense. that crap. No, they're great. They're good. Enough of this nonsense. We will get on to the news in a minute. Then um, we will chat to Jerry, who's been meeting UKIP this week. Yeah, there you go. Um, some, some women have all the luck, I would say. <laughs> She's also had a chat with Heidi Allen, as promised on yeah. last week's pod. She, she it, said, Heidi, hi. She, she didn't. No, she did Well, actually, I'm going to have to cut out what she does say at the start of the interview because she's effing and blinding. Really? Yeah. Well, she's from Yarmouth. <laughs> um, and then we will get on, of course, to a Brexiteer of the Week. But let's start with the news. Well, I think the phony war has begun. The phony war? Do you? Yes, I think so. The leader, Tory leadership election 
race has, has begun, hasn't yeah. it? It has begun. It's not that phony, is it, when people like really. Esther McVeigh are saying, I'm going to run to be leader. So Esther McVeigh is the latest um, candidate to throw the hat in the ring. Of course, it's no surprise that Andrea Leadsom is great, isn't it? Esther is McVeigh. there as well. Esther McVeigh... Well, I'm um, running for the leader of Suicide Squad, isn't it? <laughs> I'm running for leader of the Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> she, of course, is the MP for Tatton. Yes. A constituency with a glorious history well, of MPs. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> She's living up to their uh, the very high standards that have been set in Tatton. Um, of course, Neil Hamilton was the MP there. Do you know what year? Um, we're going to do lots of quizzes today, I've decided. Oh, are we? What year was uh, elected, Neil Hamilton? Neil Hamilton? For the Tories. 1987? 1983. Ah, and one, when one before. One before, that's right, very good. No points for that. No. And, what did, uh, and when did he leave office? When was he beaten? By well, of course Martin Bell. Well, was that was that in 1997? It was. Yeah. So you get ten points for that. Good. Okay. Well I'll done. Like this. Is this yeah. going to be a? Is this a yeah. quiz? I think we'll do is a quiz. Quiz based. I think we'll do a quiz of the new European podcast. Good. Quiz based pod. Excellent. Um, so Esther McVeigh, yes, Esther has said McVeigh. that she will indeed stand um, to replace Theresa May. Good. In you know post-apocalyptic Britain, when she finally stands down, probably in about forty-five years or something. Yes, because uh, I can't see him getting rid of her anytime soon. Um, and she said, "What did she say? Let me find here. I've got some notes, and I can't did find." Did she what say she no said. one would be poorer, uh, poorer after these welfare changes, which is what she said last time, and then she had to apologise for misleading Parliament. That's right. She actually well, did. She say we shouldn't lower the minimum stake. Um, at fixed betting odds terminals in bookmakers, and then have to say, "Oh, actually, I've accepted <laughs> loads of hospitality from a bookmaker." No, no. Did um, she say that, oh. you, that the UK is definitely going to have to join the euro if we stay in the EU? Uh, not on this occasion. Which is what she said, ah. and then and she said that on Twitter, didn't she? And then she said, "Actually, I was I misread this, and I was just retweeting something that a nutter had written about what, <laughs> what, what might happen if we stayed in." Anyway. TV's Esther McVeigh. TV's Esther McVeigh. Uh, actually um, said that she thought that Theresa May's departure should be handled in a dignified and graceful way. And she did that by saying, I'll be standing for a job. <laughs> Before I, it's even available. I come around to measure up the curtains. Yeah. And um, she, she really she did. is awful to Esther McVeigh. Theresa May is, is awful <laughs> too. She, but Theresa she, May, Esther McVeigh. There was a lot of nice... Often in uh, cases like this, there are platitudes, aren't they, for the incumbent. You know, they say how well they've done. She said, yeah. we all know Theresa May is dutiful. Dutiful? That's all she said. Maybe Ooh, we misheard her and she said beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have hey, been... you're adorable. <laughs> Be beautiful. Maybe she was just singing that, like Malcolm and Wise. She, 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 she added, she has worked in public service for many years. <laughs> so that, I mean... That, I mean, there's no higher <clears throat> praise, is there? Theresa May is made of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Theresa May is a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I want her job. I have seen her blinking on several occasions. <laughs> So Theresa, so Theresa Sometimes May... Sometimes she wears shoes, at other times <coughs> she does not wear shoes. It is alleged. Have you ever seen her without shoes? Maybe she doesn't ever take well, them off. I think she probably kicks them off while she's with old Arthur Askey. But have you she? ever seen that? Well, I'm sure there are. Isn't there a photo of her having kicked off her shoes? Well, there's when we were leather trousers. Those, uh, well, I don't think that there's any seemed... photos of her kicking off her leather trousers. <laughs> 
I think that's a bridge too far. I've seen. I imagine you can't kick off leather trousers, do you? Philip will have to pull them off. Hold off for asking. We'll see in the busy B song. Bless you. Those leather trousers. I want you wearing some nice sneakers. Sneakers, I'm bad sure sneakers. She, I'm sure she was wearing expensive. Oh, she was the other day. Yeah. No, I mean when she had her leather pants on. Oh, well, leather pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she wasn't she. Well, she wasn't dressed up for a photo shoot, was she? Or was did yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was come come round to yeah. meet Theresa May on her day off, sort of thing, wasn't it? Just after she became PM. I yes, think. it was. Yeah. Seems like a long time ago, that doesn't it? Uh, of course, also declared is podcast favourite Andrea Ledson. Yes, Ledson for leader again. Not a. Great surprise. And she, obviously... Um, she's a, a mum, you know, she's, Andrea Ledsom. I don't she know is, if she's, she's mentioned this. She is a mum, so she, she is, is perfectly placed. People. Oh, yes. Who will remain who nameless. Will remain. <laughs> Some prime ministers who will remain nameless. Yes. We should have listened to her, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we should, well, we should have done. <laughs> Ledsom for leader. God, she's hopeless um, as she, well. She's Esther got very nice. Esther McVeigh. Um, Andrea Andrea Ledson, who else is standing? Well, I wanted to take this opportunity to carry on the quiz theme and talk about Rory Stewart. Good. So what do you know about Rory Stewart? Nothing. No? I know that he looks like he's wearing an older boy's clothes. (laughs) He looks like like he's had an older brother (laughs) who is now in in the the, the lower fourth, rather, and he's... On his first day in, in, the, in the third form, and <laughs> well, he's taking his, his brother's clothes. Well, uh, Rory Stewart, uh, did he revote, uh, did he vote leave or amend? Um, did he vote leave or remain? Ten points for this. No, actually twelve. Did he vote remain but is now a leaver? Uh, he voted remain. He now backs Theresa May's deal yes. um, and yes. says that he respects the... the um, he could be the leader the of the Labour Party. <laughs> he could... Um, Never mind the Conservatives. So I've got a few, few go little, little, few little bits about about Rory Stewart because you don't know much about him. Yeah. What what did he do that was significant in two thousand and two? Significant in his life? Significant in two thousand and two. Did something really rather quite significant. I mean, if you or I had done this, we'd lots of pub stories about this. I mean, you'd think he if you were going to do one big thing in your life, this this is it. Obviously. Did he throw a shoe over a pub? Did he? Oh wow! He no, he's not that good. <laughs> Um, did he um, a massive one? His brothers. Did he? How old is How old is Rory Stewart? Rory Stewart was forty six. He's born in nineteen seventy three. He's forty six. Yes, sir. Um, that'll be about right. Yeah. Um, and he is so so. How old would he have been then? That was he'd have been thirty. Yeah, thirty one. Thirty one. Well, he was. Wasn't he involved in? Was didn't he go out to Iraq and Afghanistan? Well, you're getting very warm. Go on, you tell me. He must have been warm. He walked across Afghanistan. Oh, blimey. Yeah, he walked it. Just for a meeting. <laughs> Just for a meeting. meet you on the other side. In 2002. It's a hairy place that to be walking across place, yeah. in 2002. Um, he walked across it and he published a book called Places in Between. Right. Which was described by the New York Times as a flat-out masterpiece. Really? It's a New York Times Always bestseller. Yes! I know! Okay. Unless I've been reading the wrong wiki page yeah. and we're going to have to do this all over again. Yeah. That is the truth. Right? Yeah, not Rod Stewart. <laughs> no, no, no. Rory. Yeah. Rory Stewart walked across Afghanistan in 2002, wrote a book called Places in Between. Okay. A flat I'm still not convinced about masterpiece. this. Are the rest of the questions about going to be about his time with the faces <laughs> and his model, his many wives and his model train collection? We are walking, jacking it. That's off to him. 
That's a long hats way, off. isn't it? That's off. He, he wrote a subsequent book about his time in Iraq um, called Prince of the Marshes. Prince of the Marshes. Uh, I think yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Because so, wasn't he, a, was he involved in, was he a negotiator? Yeah, or he was involved in civil, the civil service, the foreign office, wasn't yeah. he? Um, so, so, yeah. So, so, this right. is, so who owns the rights to Rory Stewart's life? Who owns the rights <laughs> to Rory Stewart's life? Yeah. Is it the devil? Did he, did he do a deal with him at the crossroads? So, uh, Is so it BBC Worldwide? So, some people would think that it was... This <laughs> <laughs> is true. No. Did he invent the blues? No. This is great. I'm yeah, yeah. This I know, I know. Someone very famous owns the rights to make a film of Rory... <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Steven to, Spielberg. To make a film of Rory Stewart's life. Steven Spielberg. I presume that walkie across Afghanistan bit rather than he's <laughs> yeah, supporting of broadband line. in rural communities in Scotland. Um, Brad, Angelina Jolie. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. So I was close. Brad yeah, Pitt's yeah, yeah. production company Plan B, which um, did the OA, OA on uh, Netflix, which is very good. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've not watched that. But people don't know what I'm saying when I say, have you seen the OA? Do you OA. think I'm just starting a conversation? Yeah, OA. people, when you go back to Huddersfield, they do. OA. Yeah. OA. 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 <laughs> um, uh, yes, he owns that British company with Jennifer Aniston, I believe. Does he? We've discussed this before, haven't we? Have we? I'm sure we have. We, we just think the board meetings must be quite tricky, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Rory Stewart is going to be is a star. Guess who they wanted to play him? This is absolutely true. Yeah. So, if you, t- tell me the name of the actor you think should play Rory Stewart. <laughs> should play Rory Stewart? <laughs> yeah, in the story of Rory Stewart's Rowan life. Rowan Atkinson. Not Rowan Atkinson. Quite a, quite a big... Quite a big star. Benedict Cumberbatch. Not done a lot recently, but was in a massive trilogy that was huge, you know, really big blockbuster trilogy. Oh, well, Lord of the Rings. So it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. What's he called? Hold the one that was from Green... Oh, uh, Lego Lamb. Um, What's he called? Norman Lamb. Norman Lego Lass. Um, Him. Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was going to play Rory Stewart. Yeah. And still might. I mean, who knows? Okay. Now, staying on the fantasy theme. Yes. And I know you're a massive fan of Game of Thrones. Yeah, huge. You know all about them, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. There's goblins so, in it. So what of Rory Stewart and Daenerys Targaryen <laughs> got in common? Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Is the uh, blonde. Yeah, no, I know woman. I'm aware of her work. Uh, Amelia, Amelia Clark. Clark yeah. Yes. What have they got in common? Um. Have they both? Has Rory Stewart got dragons? He keeps dragons in his back. I'm going to give you that. Yeah, I'm going to give you that. He's got Co- a bearded dragon, a Ro- Komodo no, dragon. No, no, you were, you were, you were, you were close to the first time. He's got an actual dragon. They don't exist, Richard. He's got a dragon. Well, I don't know if he's got one, but he's trained in the art of dragoning. Oh, he's trained to be a dragon because he went to dragon school in Oxford. Did he? So, and I guess Daenerys Targaryen must have gone to dragon school in Oxford yeah. as well. Is that really her name? Daenerys Targaryen. So You've I grown think. Up to actually watch this. I think. <laughs> Apologies if you're really into it. <coughs> I like it. Well, I like it. It's not too dissimilar from your there are childhood, ser- I would imagine. There are, well, there are a lot of northerners in it. And it's Slave cold. women being beheaded. <laughs> it's that kind very, of thing. It's um, it, it, well, it's based on the War of the Roses, and there were dragons in there that as no well. Dragons and <laughs> werewolves in Rory- the war. <laughs> War of the Roses, were they? Rory Stewart, Rory Stewart. is father of dragons. <laughs> and He's not. He is, and therefore has the rightful claim yeah. to the Iron Throne. 
Okay, good. I, I hope he's going to mention this in his literature this for leadership right. of the Tory party because compared to estimate there's I've been on TV yes. and Andrew Ledsom's I'm a mother, yeah. being father of dragons is a pretty big deal. I mean, he's going to shock Westminster when that dragon comes down the Thames. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Absolutely. So what else have we got about Rory Stewart? Um, oh, yes, last one. The last one. Last one. So he he speaks... He speaks... English. And fling on. <laughs> no, he speaks um, some other languages, right? Yeah, okay. So I'm gonna t- I'm gonna read I'm gonna read them out and you can tell me true or false, right? Yeah, good, yeah. Um, French. Uh we. Oui. Correct. Hundred points. Persian. Yes. True. Eighty points for that one. Indonesian. No. True. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Latin. Oh yeah, of course. You, well, you can't you can't speak to a dragon if you haven't got Latin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Russian. Can you speak parcel tongue? Is that what is that was that <laughs> that was Harry Potter, wasn't it? Russian. Yeah. No, only Gavin Williamson can speak Russian. <laughs> he just speaks the language that the Russians understand. No, he speaks Russian. Go uh, away. Greek. Shut up. Greek. Greek. He can't speak Greek. He can't. Chinese. He can speak them all. Chinese. What Chinese? <laughs> what kind of Chinese? Mandarin. Mandarin. No, but his dad was a Mandarin, wasn't he? He was a diplomat. He can speak Chinese. Serb-Croat. Oh, he's got to be bad up something. He can speak that as well. He yeah. can, yeah. Urdu. Urdu. I like your new Urdu. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I, of course he can speak that. Nepalese. Nepalese? <laughs> uh, yes, good. Japanese. Why not? No, he doesn't speak <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> What a loser. <laughs> I'll just clarify that. He speaks French, Persian and Amazing. Indonesian very well and, and and says he's rusty at the others. Rusty, Russian, Is Greek, that the end of Chinese, it? Chinese, Serb, And you got 1,002 points. Is that the end of it? That That's the... But, I mean, what? who knew? Do you know the two interesting facts that I know about Rory Stewart? Well, I've just given you about 17. Well, none of those were, no, none of those were interesting. What about but the Brad I, Pitt one? But there are two things that I do know about. Sorry. Two. <laughs> yeah. That I do know about Rory Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is Rory Stewart's real first name? Um, Stewart. No, <laughs> but it's equally good. Oh, is it? Denarius. Denarius Stewart. No. Rod. It is Rod. Oh, is it brilliant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roderick, which is presumably why they call him Rory. Yeah. And the other one... I mean, Rod Stewart was a thing when he was born. Yeah, Roderick Stewart, he's called. Roderick, oh, he's got some other names well, as well, I, I but none of them are Rory. I had a pal called Stephen King, you know, and he used oh, to yeah. get lots of stick for that. I mean, lots of, I'm lots of Stephen King. Been writing, have we? Yeah, we used to put not the author on the rotor. <laughs> but um, but the thing is, he was born before Stephen King was a thing. I mean, you wouldn't have a you wouldn't have a baby now and call it Archie Windsor. Denarius Tagarian. Well, I bet there is loads of people calling it. Imagine bet... that in the playground. Oh, in about five years. Come in for your tea, Denarius. Denarius. Um, anyway, what was the other one? Oh, Rory Stewart's wife. Yeah. Shares a name. Mother of dragons. Mother, mother of dragons, as she's known. Rory Stewart's wife shares mm. a name with one of the characters in the hit TV show. This is actually, I did watch all of this, oh. and it was very good it was. Uh, girls. Girls. So, did you watch Girls? I don't know. So, you can pick between. His wife is either called Hannah. Yeah. Marnie. Yeah. Jessa, yeah, or Shoshana. Well, 
I've got a cousin called Marnie. We call her our Marnie. Our Marnie. <laughs> Too much she has. Is it right that young people say, "Oh, that's really Gucci," or are they pulling my leg? No, I, I, I've heard. Oh, you've this, heard that. Yeah. All right, good. Um, well, uh, I think the the Shishan, Shishanshia one. It is Shishana. Shishana yeah, it's yeah, a nice name actually. It is a nice Shishana. name. She was my favourite in Girls as well. Oh, is she your favourite? Rory Stewart's wife, Mamet, daughter of David Mamet. Of the ones that haven't declared. Yeah, there, well, the has, girls, there has been some... Jessa, Marnie and Hannah. <laughs> there has been, uh, of the okay. p- probable candidates, yeah. shall we say, there has been some parading of the wives, hasn't there? Parading of the wives, yes. Did you see that so many Hunt times? got his Japanese <laughs> or China, is Chinese wife. wife. <laughs> Even uh, he gets confused. Yeah, he, he did Accidentally get Accidentally sort of I xenophobic mean, towards his own that wife. Was, that was quite amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> um, Dominic Raab. Raab. Uh, he brought his wife out, didn't he? And, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and uh, there's, there's, you know, it's like um, it's odd, isn't it? Isn't it odd? Yeah, they're basically doing loads of interviews, aren't they, and pretending to be real people. <clears throat> I mean, it's um, a pretty. I mean, it was a, a fairly. Dominic Raab was good, wasn't he? Because didn't he have a? Do you remember how we all made, we made fun of him recently, and he was pictured, wasn't he, next to loads of books? Yeah. And. There was a, wasn't there a, <laughs> he couldn't even put his blinds down. He couldn't put his blinds We worked out that he couldn't have actually... There were so many books in the way, like, just next to his head on this uh, on, on the shelf by his window, when we worked out that you couldn't actually put down your blinds because it would be blocked by all these books that yeah. they hastily put in the way. Yeah. But he was pictured... Um, he was pictured enjoying some toast with his wife. Oh, and next to the plate of toast that they were eating, they'd left open, piece, they'd left open a cookbook <laughs> on, the, on the kitchen range. Oh, Why isn't he just do? He should just do all these press conferences just, in Waterstones. How to do this toast? I'll just consult Ottolenghi on toast. Uh, Ottolenghi on toast would be good. I'd buy that. Sounds nice. Did yeah, you? Yeah. Uh, did you do a bit of Ottolenghi when you were a boy? No. Yeah. In the grim north, when it was black and white. Did you have a toaster? Yeah, we had toaster. We had the toaster. Well, lucky old you. Yeah, yeah. Because I you used it to... under the grill, didn't you? Yeah, because I thought I that toasting on one side because you just you know you don't have to wait, so you just have it on one side. I like toast done on one side, mate. Toasting on one side. You never heard of this? Oh dear, oh dear. Well, you must have heard about it. Sting sings about it. Don't drink coffee, adding tea, my dear. I have my toast done on one side. Does he really? I've blocked all that out. I have my toast done on one side. Under grill, love. Under grill, get it out. It's lovely. Blimey. Try it out. Have you got a grill? Uh, you got, just eat out now, don't I've you? I've got a grill on the toaster, yeah. <laughs> have you? Oh, yeah. Try I'm out toast on one side. Toast on one side. How many slices can you get in your toaster? Uh, oh, only, uh, well, four at a pinch. Can but, you? But, yeah. Posh. But really, it's only a two-slot toaster. It's yeah. not four. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, so we, yeah, there's been so the, we're, we're off. We're off and running. We're off and running. Well, this truss is going to run. Truss, truss Pretty will be Patel, there. Pretty Patel, I think, will run. It's going to be a big field, isn't it? Steve Baker's talking about running, yeah, and he certainly has the ego to run. Yeah, Mark well, Francois is the one I want to see running. Got to be, yeah, Danny actually running. <laughs> uh, that would be brilliant. Yeah. Boris Johnson will definitely run. Johnson will run. Do you think Gove, Gove will, run. will run? Well, here we go. So that leads us. That leads us nicely, doesn't it? I think it? Gove knows that he's never going to be the prime minister. Leads us nicely, though, into yeah. Amber Rudd. Amber Rudd. 
because Ruddy... Do you think she's really going to run? Uh, I'm not sure yet, but she's spooking of Anne Boris, and both of them have been wooing her because they think that if you've got Rudd on your ticket, it is the dream team. Yeah. Now, Amber Rudd's not a great fan of Boris Johnson. No, that doesn't work. Um. (laughs) So she's obviously pro-European. She was... um, She's one of the... um, she is one of the uh, uh, One Nation Tories, isn't she? Yeah, she's she one is. of the, that, that group of sort of progressive Tories. Yeah. Um, she a small but hardy, but probably about sixty of them, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're sort of mo- moderates, if you like. And she's saying she's yet well, to they're, decide. They're, they're what the Tory party used to be before it was overtaken by loonies and fanatics. Yes, you know, you know yeah. it's always had chances in it, the Conservative oh, yeah, yeah, Party, yeah, yeah, but yeah. not this bunch of chances. Yeah, you know, re- Esther McVeigh and Pretty Patel and Steve Baker and Mark Francois actually think they are fit. It's oh, no. remarkable. It's bonkers, isn't it? Andrea Ledson. But I mean, what 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 Johnson and Gove are, are thinking is, well, we can can we unite the bonkers wing and the less bonkers wing? Yeah. And by and by getting Amber Rudd on side, could we do that? Now it's a great slogan, isn't it? Some <laughs> uniting of, some the bonkers our, wing and the less bonkers wing. Some of our supporters <laughs> aren't mad. That would be great. Yeah. Swivel, swivel-eyed loonies. Yeah. Um, so she's been talking about the, the the economy, and she's back to HS2, which is yes. not something you This is a have. weird hill to die on, I think, for Amber Rudd, mm. who's got a very small majority. Very small, very small indeed. Because, um, I mean, we, you know, it's not long ago that we were talking about her as a, as a future Tory leader. I yeah. think those conversations... Isn't it, her majority? Yeah, that, like the that. recan. Those conversations... Um, changed somewhat when we, you know, when, when she um, when she came home just um, and lost the majority. Uh, so, so we think we think probably Boris. We're not sure about Gove. I don't think Rudd will run in the end. I don't think she'll have the support to run. But but you know, she was seen as a sort of kingmaker figure, wasn't she? Well, do you know who I you know who I want? And didn't she support Boris early on last time? I but think... then she sort of turned on him. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, but as I far do as think I'm the... concerned. It's interesting that she came out against the HS2 thing, isn't it? Um, because she came out for HS2. Yeah. Because Gove and Truss and yeah. Boris are, are all sort of hinting that they want to get rid of HS2. Absolutely. Um, uh, so that, I mean, maybe that is uh, trying to. I mean, I, I don't. Re- I like to say it's a, it does seem a, a, a strange one for her to, to fight right now. Um, but who, who else do you think could. I mean, she couldn't win, I don't think. Who do you think could win? Boris Johnson could win, I Do you know think. what? I think if you, if you were to look at the CVs Jeremy of all Hunt these... Jeremy could win. Look at the CVs of all these candidates. There's only one man for the job. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. It's Rory Stewart. Rory Stewart. Well, it is Rory Stewart, I mean, this yeah. guy has done all kinds of things. He's a fairly amazing bloke, yeah. He's, he's still very he's young. married to one of girls. He's married to a girl. He's, he's, <laughs> he's married to a girl. He's, he knows... Uh, you know, foreign affairs back to front. Yeah, he's a good walker. He's a good walker. Um, I mean, it's not essential, but he does it. And he did Maggie May. Absolutely, he's got a football pitch in his garden. Yeah, um, he wears. He had tartan shoes on at the old firm game. Of yeah, the week. magic. Yeah. So I think he's. I mean, he's the man for me. He's. Uh, do you know who I? Do you know how I think might be the next leader of the? Conservative Party, and I think they should. I think they should pick him, and Can I they? think they should just 
is bizarrely is is Matt Hancock. Hat Mancock. Hat Mancock. I'll tell you for why is that Matt Hancock is is forty years old, and that puts him in another. Well, it's not quite another generation, is it? But people like Boris, most of these people. So he's very, very, very young. Very most young. of these people, Boris, Gove, all of the the kind of serious contenders, Ledsom, uh, even Jeremy Hunt is in his mid fifties. I think they're all around their mid fifties. Matt yeah. Hancock is forty. Yeah. The contrast between him and Jeremy Corbett. I mean, the Tories aren't going to have very much going for them over the no, next few years. No. They've been a disastrous government. Mm, mm. Um, they haven't got much going for them. The contrast between Matt Hancock at 40 mm. and Jeremy Corbyn, who is 70 at the end of this mm. month. Mm. I mean, he's 70 at the end of May. Mm. A couple of days after the, he loses badly loses the European elections, he's going yeah. to be celebrating his 70th birthday. Yeah. Vince Cable is—he's had a birthday this week. I think he's seventy-six. Mm. I think it's—I think it was his birthday yesterday. In mm. fact. So the contrast between Matt Hancock at mm. forty, mm. man of the future, and mm. old old men of the past, mm. to me, is is quite. Uh, well, I interviewed Matt Hancock about uh, nine months after he became an MP, and yes. um, I mean, he was—he was being fast tracked then. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he was very close to. Uh, Osborne, of course, but he's but he's managed to to swerve that. Yeah, and, he has. And, and so, yeah, I think I think Matt Hancock is is a good shout. But um, well, what what job can we give to to my favourite Tory MP, Rory Stewart? Then Rory Stewart, I don't know. He could sing to Theresa May, couldn't he? He could do, yeah. The rhythm of my heart. She'd like that, wouldn't she? Rhythm because, of my heart. Because she's got the old leopard skin shoes, and he used to favour the leopard skin sort of legging, didn't he? The words I love, you're rolling off my tongue. In, in his, because yeah. it was Maggie Theresa's mum. Maggie May, that's right. Wake up, wake up, Maggie. Wake up, Terry May. Wake up, Terry, I, I think I've got something to say to you. It's late September, we really should be at conference soon. <laughs> Uh, Rod, if you'd like to uh, sponsor the pot, <laughs> get in touch. Uh, well, there we go. So we sorted that one out. Yeah, Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock versus a Matt Hancock Rory Stewart shootout. That would be good. Or walk off. Oh, he's good at riding horses, though, isn't he, Matt Hancock? He won. A, he actually won a race. He did win a race. That's right. At Newmarket, yeah. I think yeah. it was. I mean, that's fairly extraordinary thing to do as well. Well, maybe they could have a uh, Matt Hancock could go on his horse and Rory Stewart could walk behind, hmm. clearing up the. Anyway, yeah, but maybe a bit harsh on uh, Rory. Talking of horse shit, should we talk about <laughs> Labour's um, election law? We could talk about if, if we want to stick on horse shit, Labour, the Tories. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. pay much attention to Lib Dems, but they've swore, been swearing there, haven't they? Well, they've been swearing theirs, yeah. Like you. Uh, like so le- what the, le- let's talk about Labour first, then. Yeah. <clears throat> so t- uh, Jeremy Corbyn says he's going to unite our country. Well, he said he's well. He said he's going to unite our country. <laughs> it's he an said, asterisk on everything he says. He isn't said it? over seventeen million people voted for Brexit, and as democratic socialists, we have to respect that. We triggered Article Fifty, and we promised to respect the referendum result. I think I don't think we need to spend any more time on the Labour Party or Jeremy Corbyn. No, we've spent far too much time um, on the Labour Party and Jeremy Corbyn, haven't we? I watched his launch speech. Yeah, it was a good speech. Mm. It was the same speech that he, apart from the couple of mentions of Brexit mm-hmm. uh, and things that had moved on slightly. Mm-hmm. It was the same speech he made 
during the 2017 general election. Yeah. It's this, you know, whether he likes it or not, not all campaigns are about social justice. Absolutely. What do you think the about the choice? Was, the last one was about Brexit. He just, yeah. he just didn't realise no, it. No. But he's going to realise it this time, I think. Well, maybe. What do you think... By the way, do you, have you seen what Owen Jones thinks? Um, I can't, can I? I'm not allowed to. Oh, blocked, I'm blocked. Yeah. Have you seen what he thinks the campaign should tell be Tell me. Oh, the, Owen Jones might not let you tell me. The either. scandal of p- private dentistry. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's forget about this impending catastrophe and focus on the, the real issues. Um, the scandal of private dentistry. Where Owen, did Jeremy Cook come on, carrying the quiz? Leading left-wing where, where, intellectual where, where, Owen Jones. But shush, where did Jeremy Corbyn deliver this speech? Uh, where did he deliver... Oh, I, don't, I can't remember now. It was in a room, certainly. It was in a room. Northampton. No, Chatham in Kent. Chatham. Which seems like an odd place for a Labour launch, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So, uh, Chatham is in Medway, one yeah. of the Medway towns. Is that seen as the sort of a Brexit epicentre, do we think? 64.1% leave. Ah, uh, yes, I think you mentioned that, yeah. Mm. So that's why, yeah. Odd, odd choice. Chatham Average was the um, was one of the suggested origins of the word chav, wasn't it? That it was there were people who were average for Chatham or something like that. I thought it meant... Like um, normal for Norfolk. I don't think it was that. I thought it meant council housed and violent. Really? I mean, that's what Plan B says in that rap that he does. Really? I know all the raps. Plan B. Yeah, not the production company Brad Pitt thing. A different Plan B. Okay. The guy. What who... happened to Plan B? I think he Is went. He still doing that gig in that pub when they went. I've got tickets. Do you want tickets for a gig, mate? Do you remember that advert? <laughs> no. yeah, Plan B. It's my mate. <laughs> My mate's doing a gig in a pub. Do you want tickets? <laughs> plan B. Wow, Plan B. I actually quite liked Plan B. Well, when he did that terrible soul album, I mean, that was... What well, that was his first. That was. Wasn't that his first one? No, wasn't that his second one? No, his second one was was more rappy, because it oh, was around was the he? time of the London riots. Oh, God. The one, right. the one... Yeah, the one when he sort of sings Ill. a bit. My Man I Is like Ill. that one. That yeah. was quite good. His soul boy album was... The shocker. Was it? Okay. He, I, I like the. It, there was some good name checking there. I, there was actually in that song, Ill Manners. Ill Manners. He said, um, he has a pop at David Cameron. Yeah. I say, uh, give, him, give him a hug, people in hoodies. Yeah. Whose idea was that? Stupid C. Yeah. Um, and then he also uh, says, if you come around here, we'll rob your money, like Boris does. Oh, yes, that's right. Deep political thinker. We yeah, should get yeah, him on yeah. the pod. A little bit of politics Yeah, there, a little bit of politics. To say. <laughs> a little bit of politics there. Um, He's moved, hasn't he, Ben Elton? He doesn't live in this country anymore. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, so, um, the Tories, who do their launch? Yeah, lacklustre. Well, screamed the Financial Times. They've not had one, have no. they? They've not had a launch. No, no launch, no manifesto. They're, they're not expected to hold a launch or publish a manifesto. It's really, really brilliant, isn't it? But they have sent a little leaflet out. And it says in it, <laughs> the on. only party which can get Brexit done is the Conservative Party. What? Because they've made such a great job of it so far. Some of the comments from the MPs and ministers um, off the record have been absolutely really? oh, superb. I've not seen any of these. Um, one MP said that they will not be lifting a finger during the campaign, which is, which is great, isn't it? Um, another Tory MP, it's awful. We don't have a hope in hell. <laughs> I've had angry emails about the bloody postal leaflets landing this week. There's no chance the volunteers will be knocking on doors for this. Uh, Maria Caulfield said that she probably wouldn't even vote Tory. <laughs> That's brilliant. She's isn't sort it? of a floating <laughs> MP, isn't she? I mean, Tory MPs don't vote it's Tory. It's fantastic. 
yeah, so that's gone well for the Tories. It's great, isn't it? It's like when a band falls apart, isn't it? And they start <laughs> slagging each other off in the NME and stuff like that. It's really great. I love, I'm um, loving all of this. Yeah, the the Tories as well have, have done that, that thing that was... Um, didn't really work out very well for their leaflets in the general election. Oh yeah, and put Theresa May on the leaflet. Yes, that was they a, really, that's a mistake. I think uh, I, they basically, I think that they had a worky in, and they went, "Oh, I've got to find a worky something to do." Can you do us a leaflet for the European election? Yeah, 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 yeah. How bad will it be? How bad will it be? And and well, I mean, they've uh, done you quite know, a good I job, think they, I think they are they are banking on Farage imploding, mm. and. Farage exploding is, would be a lovely thing, wouldn't it? Um, or imploding. I'd yeah, like know. to see that or you know. But, um, but yeah, I think that that's the only thing that can possibly save them in this, is some massive scandal involving the Brexit party. I, I mean, I, I think the, the Tories are just going to get wiped out. I, there was another, there's another comment uh, from, um, from an MP who said there is every chance that the Tories will come behind Labour the Lib Dems. Yeah, I think they're going to finish The up. Greens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Bre- yeah. The Brexit Party and Change UK. Well, that would be tremendous, wouldn't it? Now, Jerry's been out and spoken to Heidi Allen. Yes. So at this juncture, let's see what she had to say for herself. At the la- One of the launches they've been going around the country, they've been in Bristol, they were in Norwich on this occasion. So here's Jerry and Heidi Allen. So what do you think response has been like here in Norwich today, Heidi? Oh, it's been amazing, you know, and it was like this when we were in Bristol the other week and in London, because you send the email out and you don't really know who's going to turn up and you're always a little bit worried in case you're going to get heckled, but just overwhelming, positive, happy, enthusiastic people. And when we're talking about the East of England in particular, I know you're part of the world, so what feedback are you getting from people here about Change UK? That they're just so excited. I mean, Brexit is, of course, the the debate right now, and that's how what we, you know, our near and present danger people refer to it as. But what they're really excited about, more than that, actually, in some ways, is that this could be a brand new party, totally starting again, getting rid of the old ways of doing politics, and people are really excited about that. Absolutely, especially in the East of England. Obviously, like I say, a big part of this is Brexit. We had a really high Leave vote, apart from here in Norwich and Cambridge, a few pockets. How do you think you can get your message across to those people who voted Leave to say, look, actually, you should vote for us? Yeah, and that's important. It's it's partly why our name is Change. It's not Remain or something like that, because we have to be much, much bigger than just all about Brexit and Remain. And that's exciting stuff, actually. I'm really looking forward to getting involved in. As soon as these elections, if they happen, of course, are out of the way, I want to be talking about the NHS. How are we going to fund it? I want to talk about getting money into education. All the things that matter to people. So as soon as those policies start evolving, I think people will be really interested in that. And But even now, people are just excited by the fact that we're trying to break the system, break the mould and do things differently. So that was going to be one of my questions, actually. If we're, you know, the big thing has been about Brexit, but what other policies have you guys got coming up? Well, we're going to create them with people like you. Or maybe not journalists. <laughs> the, the plan is to get out around the country. And actually, if these votes hadn't been imminent, we would have started that work already. Policy area by policy area, we're going to get out around the country, talk to the general public, experts. So if it's education, we want teachers to come and talk to us, Ofsted inspectors, everybody who has experience of that particular policy area and help us build it from a blank piece of paper. This is not a manifesto we've pulled out of a back pocket or here's a great idea that Labour did. We want to start again. And is that why a lot of your, when we talk about your MEP candidates, you've drawn it from kind of a wide mm. variety? Why is that so important, do you think? 
Because, you know, when I joined and beca- Parliament became an MP, I expected to be surrounded by experts and, you know, the ministers in jobs were, were real um, professionals in that field. And there are too many professional politicians. Yeah, we need lawyers. Lawyers are good. I'm a particular fan of Dominic Grieve. He's been brilliant in this whole referendum debate. But it can't just be about that. You know, people who've only ever worked in politics, studied politics, they've never employed people. You know, here we've got Emma Taylor, our number one candidate, one of the brightest engineers, female engineers in the country. I want her working on our industrial strategy, working on our STEM. How are we going to teach children the right um, skills in school? It's we absolutely to change our politics and to change the way that we develop policy and how our country is run. We need people from every walk of life to get involved. Absolutely. Now, one, one, the two parties that are being talked about, obviously you guys and the Brexit Party. Brexit Party are grabbing a lot of headlines. Mm. Why do you think Change Code hasn't maybe had so much coverage as the Brexit Party? I think some of it's just practical. They started a week before us, you know, so we were busy because we are a small party. This is literally David and Goliath. Imagine a small organisation where there's only 11 MPs and six or seven staff. You get 3,700 applications for people who want to stand to be MEPs. We've been really busy looking through those applications and picking our candidates. So that has given the Brexit Party a week on us. But I think we'll start to see it change. In the polls, we'll start to see it change. This is just the beginning. You know, we're going to be in Nottingham on Monday. Um, later on in the week, I think we're going to... Um, oh, my brain's so tired, I can't remember. We're going to Birmingham, we're going to Cardiff, we're going to Edinburgh. We're literally going to tour the country, taking our message to people and getting the word out. So when you launched, there was obviously a massive kind of swell underneath, and that does feel like it's died back a bit. How are you going to get that swell back up again? Is it all these kind of rallies that you're doing now? Absolutely, because, you know, the next three and a half weeks are all about these EU elections. You know, the other advantage that we have over the Brexit party, for example, we've got MPs in there. So who's going to be able to hold the Prime Minister to account? Not Nigel Farage, it's going to be me and my ten colleagues. We've got peers in the House of Lords who are very supportive of our work. So that's how we build momentum, that's how we build people's interest in us and getting out and talking to people just as we have done today. When we're talking about MPs, of course the Brexit Party said they will put up a candidate for Peter Revy mm. election. Will you guys be contesting that election as well? Yeah, we're thinking yeah. about that at the minute. We'll probably make a decision, I would imagine, in the next few days. Mm-hmm. But like all these things, if we're going to do it, we want to do it right and we need to find the right kind of candidate that shares our values. So that's the conversation that we're having this weekend. And so I guess my final question is, you can see from the local election day that votes for the two main parties have really tailed off. Well away. What is your kind of message to people who are disenfranchised with politics and why they should get involved now? Exactly the reason why people gave such a bloody nose yesterday to the Conservative and the Labour Party. It's broken. We can all see it's broken. Just when our country is facing the biggest question, the biggest dilemma it's had for generations, the two big parties are busy trying to hold themselves together, keep in power or get into power. It's not how you run a country, it's just not good enough. So if you want a party that puts the people of this country first, takes people from different walks of life and challenges the status quo, then they should vote for Change UK. So there you go. I like Heidi Allen. I think they're, I think they're making some ground. I think, uh, I think she speaks well. Um, and I think she was the right choice as leader. Everyone thought it was going to be Chucker. Um, but that room was full, Steve. Uh, yes, it was. Yes, um, it's. Uh, I've got to say the, the the Change UK things that I've seen have been filled with a similar uh, demographic to the Brexit Party, which is older and mostly white. white well, people, in, in yeah. the Brexit Party's case, they've almost been <laughs> universally white, yeah, yeah. Um, but older and mostly white people. That that is that is the case. They've got to get some cut through to yeah. to uh, some. You know some other some other groups. But I don't sure. think they're doing as badly as some people have said. No, and I like that she says. You know, Brexit is our clear and present danger. She said in that interview, as you've just heard. And, and I think 
Um, but but she says, you know, this is the start of a new party. This is something we're going to build on. This is yeah. the beginning. I like the optimism. I think that's um, something that we could possibly get behind. Uh, so we're off. We've got we launches or not launches. We've got a dual leadership election campaign going on. We have. We've and, got the uh, and we've got we, Farage. We must also well before we turn to Farage. We <coughs> must also say that the we mentioned them briefly before, didn't we? And and change. I think one of their most effective lines, and I heard Rachel Johnson say this the other morning, and somebody else from Change, and Asubri then said it, which is look, Liberal Democrats have tried and failed to break the two-party mould. You know, they've come mm. close on a, a couple of occasions, but they have tried and failed, and they've. Uh, in fact, somebody wrote in the New European that you know they've they've failed for the most, the last hundred years now. Yeah. Um, so uh, so why not change UK? The Lib Dems have done an interesting thing, haven't they? Because their launch slogan is bollocks to Brexit. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of their launch slogans. I think we can all get behind that. Uh, bollocks to Brexit, and I also think that you know it is a bit like we're more Remainy than you we're a bit edgy we're edge lords still <laughs> despite Vince Cable being 76 <laughs> it's a bit trendy vicar isn't it the, <laughs> trendy vicar yeah which the um, which the, the Lib Dems hey kids let's talk about sex yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> that would be a good party do you remember when they did that hat thing with him that was great yeah <laughs> we wanted to make him wear that hat so he looked like a sort of Doctor Who villain <laughs> Um, or a or a, a sort of private detective. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> cable. <laughs> he wears a cable knit. He's got Going, this hat. Pulling out a drawer and putting a, a sort of whiskey into a coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> into a be nice to each Smoking. other coffee mug. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Excellent. Organic whiskey. Pulling on <laughs> strapping on his sandals as he leaves the office. <laughs> Every time we make fun of Lib Dems, we get complaints. So you know. Chill out. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Chill out. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? They all, there'd be a clue. They all, there's a print of a Birkenstock is, is in the, it's pressed into the, uh, with the, the soil underneath the window. Um, uh, so... Yes. Anyway, and, and also, but I thought a better slogan, mm. and actually I think that Alistair Campbell of this parish has, yeah. has used this yeah. um, in the New European over the years. A better slogan was uh, Jonathan Bartley, who is the co-leader of the Greens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he said the Green slogan was tough on Brexit and tough on the causes of Brexit, yeah. which I think is a good slogan. It is a good slogan, um, and that uh, would be great, wouldn't it? Now. Now. What we now? We turn to less pleasant launches. Oh. Uh, because the Brexit party who seem to have, I mean, I think they seem to have had a couple of launches already, but they had another one yeah. on Tuesday. He just does rallies, doesn't he? And... Um, he said, um, he said, uh, Farage said, a, a woman called Jess Parker, I believe, from the BBC, mm-hmm. from BBC News, asked a question. Uh, yes, Jess Parker. Mm-hmm. And he answered it by saying, I must say it's jolly nice of the BBC to be here today. I've been up and down the country with thousands of people and the BBC haven't been bothered to turn up once. Mm. So he said that, and it was mm. that was live on Sky, various other places, yeah. uh, picked up everywhere, yeah. and that was on Tuesday. Yeah. And on Wednesday, yeah. the BBC announced that Nigel Farage would be a guest on the next day's Question Time. I think it's his 33rd appearance. It's his 33rd appearance. And the idea that Nigel Farage has been blocked in some way by the BBC, who've allowed him to appear 33 times, 
um, on Question Time is, is absolutely amazing. How many it? times has my man Rory Stewart been on Question Time? I don't know. He has been on. He's prepared to walk <laughs> there with his wife Shoshana from Girls. <laughs> Uh, well, he won't need to, will he? Yeah. Because he's got that dragon. Oh, he can ride in on his dragon. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, and, I mean, just amazing, because only at the weekend he'd been on uh, Sunday Politics South East <clears throat> for yeah. six minutes live. He's a yeah. candidate in the South East. Yeah. Um, there was loads and loads of coverage when the Brexit Party oh, did yeah, their loads. official launch. Yeah. That was in the middle of April. Yeah. They launched their Welsh campaign... Um, a couple of weeks ago, boy, your Brexit, and, uh, and um, <laughs> totally there was okay. loads of coverage for that as well. On you know in Wales, obviously, yeah, Wales. and uh, so I can't really see where that is, where, where these complaints are coming from. Is he complaining that the Brexit Party didn't get any coverage in the local elections, which they didn't stand in, uh, or is he complaining that the Brexit no, Party do, didn't do get know, any coverage in the years and months before the Brexit Party what it existed? Is. Tell you what it is, right? Do you remember? 30 years ago, when footballers, all of a sudden, footballers started, footballers for one team in particular, started to harangue referees who were yes. always around them. And now you see it's quite common. Yeah, yeah, in fact, yeah. it's got better in the last five or six years. But there was a point where it was at epidemic levels. Which yeah. team? Which team used to do that? Well, Manchester United. Manchester United. And it was a direct order by Alex Ferguson yeah, get after get the referee. Face, because yeah. next time you might get a decision going your way. Well, he made a decision. Course. I like Alex Ferguson. He made a decision what to win a game. That's what Farage is doing. Yes. He's getting after the BBC because the BBC don't want to be accused of that. So they, they go, oh, God, blimey, get him on question time. Well, they, exactly. They caved in straight away. And there's another that? reason as well. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you've seen any of the... I mean, I really doubt the wisdom of Nigel Farage wanting the BBC to turn up to his rallies because they don't... You know, the optics of them are not great. Um, you get... Uh, I, I, I saw one where... Theresa May was mentioned, and they started chanting. A few people, not the whole crowd, I must say, it yeah. was a few people started chanting "Lock her up." Yeah. Um, you get people shouting "Drain the swamp." Oh, Jesus you Christ. get him doing this thing uh, which Trump used to do, where he mentions a name. What do you think of Barack Obama? And they all go "Boo!" And mm. he says, "And Emmanuel Macron, boo!" Mm. And then he, then Tony Blair, boo. Jean-Claude Juncker, boo, and he does this like Trump. And he has clearly seen that stat that says that Donald Trump got $5 billion worth of unpaid media coverage because, you know, his his, his campaign stops were so wackadoo mm. that not only were they on Fox News, they were on everything else as well because people went, look at these crazy people and look at his, you know, his, his weird audience and... Look at this crazy man saying these outrageous things, and that gave him loads of free publicity. And that is what he wants. Yeah. He wants a Absolutely. load of free publicity Simple out as of that. this. Yeah. He's and winning. the BBC have caved into them. Yeah, come on, Beep. Um, and he also said after that, uh, when he was during that reply to Jess Parker of the BBC, he said, I note that we haven't appeared on any major current affairs programme. Mm. Quite what that means for public service broadcasting in the future, I really don't know. Mm. So a threat to the yeah. licence fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, do you know what I mean? Anyway, so... So you like Nigel, yeah? Yeah, I think he's utterly despicable. Do you remember your old Nigel Farage catchphrase? What, he's a fucking idiot? Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Let's go and have a chat with Jerry. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European.
Your first 13 issues of the New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting podcast one, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to the New European. Welcome back. I'm joined by Jerry. Jerry, firstly, congratulations on doing exactly as I asked in last week's podcast and getting us that interview with Heidi Allen. Did you ever doubt me? No, I didn't. I didn't at all. I did. I did I, I've had. To, I have. I think you do need to apologise though for your foul mouth at the start of the clip. What? So if you f- it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've cut it out for the listener, and now I'm going to have to bleep it out of this. But it's a, a very interesting way to start an interview with a politician. Now, don't f- it up, basically. <laughs> very good, Jerry. But you've also been off um, seeing some other politicians. <laughs> I have been at both ends of the spectrum this week. Um, yeah, I saw Change UK um, when they held a rally and then UKIP have uh, been in our part of the world as well. So UKIP were up in uh, Lowestoft they were. Um, on the beginning of the week and they are a bit leavy up there, aren't they, in Lowestoft? A little bit, yeah. Mm. So that's why UKIP went there, to, to, to drum up that support. What, what did you make of the whole thing? So it was their battle bus. Um, Gerard Batten was with them, and they also brought Katie Hopkins to town ah. for a rally in the evening. And then they went to Great Yarmouth, just a few uh, miles down the coast mm-hmm. the next day, also mm-hmm. a high leave area. Yes, your hometown. My hometown, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and it was, it, was a strange, it was a strange day. I think in what was... Um, probably quite symbolic as i was there talking to the local ukippers mm-hmm. um i did get shot on by a bird <laughs> <laughs> on your head on my head <laughs> um and i oh, then had dear. to go into the mcdonald's which they were um all set up by didn't buy a milkshake by the way <laughs> um to wash it out of my hair <laughs> oh man and was it like because i very clearly remember one day walking to church this is a true story. Wow. Walking to church with my mother, I was about three. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, she's got blonde hair, my mother. And she said, oh, no, no, Richard, a bird has pooed on my head, I think. And she went, is there anything there? And there was this massive blodge of purple. Like, it'd obviously been eating berries or something Horrid. on top of her hair. And she went, it's wet. Is there any- oh, I haven't got time to go home. Is there anything there? And I just went, nope. <laughs> Horrid. <laughs> so was it purple? The it was not purple. No? No. White. Um, yeah. Oh man. It wasn't great. This is grim. So that kind of set the tone. It's supposed I to think. be good luck. Did you have a lucky day with the kippers? It was. It was pretty lucky. Was it? It was pretty lucky. Lucky you got out of there. Alive. I got everything I needed. <laughs> um, no. So they were set up in the town centre of stuff, which isn't what it used to be. Um, Joe Batten was there, he was talking... Did you go in the vault for a pint? I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, they were trying to jump support. And I can't say turnout was massive. So is the problem, then, that people vote for Nigel Farage and not for UKIP? Is that what was happening? Essentially, yeah. And there was a lot of confusion between people who I spoke to, you know, regular people on the street, who said they supported UKIP, and when asked why, said... Nigel Farage. Right. So when I said to them, you know, well, actually, Nigel Farage isn't in UKIP anymore. He's got his own party, the Brexit Party. And they're like, oh, well, 
Didn't know that. For now. So, so interestingly, then, who's that going to damage? Because there, will there be a lot of people going to the ballot boxes and voting UKIP because of Nigel? He's campaigning as well. Mm-hmm. They're seeing him on a telly and thinking he's a leader of UKIP, I'm going to vote UKIP. And they won't vote for the Brexit party. They won't actually vote for Nigel. Could be both. I think it's yeah. going to completely split the vote. And yeah. Lowestoft itself, not to get too local, but is a really interesting battleground at the moment uh-huh. because it's playing out those national tensions and the bitterness between UKIP and the Brexit party right. on a local level. Oh, right. Well, tell us a bit more about that. Well, there's a woman called June Mummery mm-hmm. in Lowestoft um, mm-hmm. and she's always been a really big voice for UKIP. Mm-hmm. Um, she was involved in kind of the fish market and the fisheries industry in Lowestoft mm-hmm. in a big way. But she is now a... And that's what drives... Sorry to put in, but I think in that part of the world, fish, fishing and, and the... Um, Quotas and things like that. Really is what drove Brexit. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, June Mummery is now standing as an MEP candidate for the Brexit Party. Um, So she's defected over. So when we're seeing this this kind of battle nationally between Nigel Farage and UKIP, and by the way, at the rally I went to, Katie Hopkins in the evening, Nigel Farage's name was Mud. It's happening on a local on a local level as well. So, do you think that there is there's these kippers who've given a lot of time and a lot of effort over a lot of years now to, to Farage and UKIP who maybe feel a little bit um, put out that they're going to lose some of that vote to him now? Do they feel a bit like he's turned a bit? He's a bit of a turncoat, perhaps. Absolutely. Um, there was a lot of that kind of um, talk. It was a really interesting anecdote at the meeting in the evening, which mm-hmm. I think was members only, but I managed to get my way into because of your because of your union jack tats yeah that that's, that is what did it absolutely um and it was from Stuart agnew who is ukip's um one of ukip's meps that's right Stuart agnew it's Stuart agnew of course who famously caught said that amory waters who'd um was running for leader of ukip was a joan of arc figure yes yes um Stuart Agnew said, yeah, this little anecdote about a meeting that was called in Brussels when Theresa May was on their way back and um, the EU had to decide whether they were going to grant her an extension for Brexit or not. Mm-hmm. And apparently they were all in the room and he was there for some reason. Probably got lost, to be honest. <laughs> he was there. Went through the wrong door. And he said Nigel Farage was there and that he said they should grant her the extension. Mm-hmm. He saw this as kind of the ultimate betrayal. He said, you know, he's the last person I would have expected who would want to put off Brexit in any mm. way, shape or form. Mm. And their kind of um, cry now is that Nigel Farage is only in it for Nigel Farage. Mm. And the reason that he wanted to put off Brexit was so he could launch the Brexit party, have all his MEP candidates paraded around. Um, and there really isn't much kind of love lost between the two sides now. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that these people, these leavers just like a fight? Do you think there's an element of that? Farage loves a fight. Of course he does. Do, do keepers like a fight as well? Yeah, I think there's an element of kind of feeling like they're the underdog. And, yeah, and, like and, Millwall. Uh, hmm. do you, no sure, one, probably. No one likes us, we don't care sort of thing. Yes. My football knowledge, not as good as my Brexit knowledge. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there is an element of that. And wanting to fight against the establishment. Mm. You know, at, at this rally I was at, there was a, I've never heard the words mainstream media so often yeah. and the establishment and traitors right. and betrayal. So this is interesting as well. And it's something I was going to ask you about. I'm glad you brought it up. We were talking earlier on this very podcast about some of those buzz phrases that um, we're starting to hear over here that were very Trumpian. I mean, is that do you think that you could be taking on that uh, rhetoric as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gerard Batten said that Tommy Robinson, for example, was a political prisoner mm. um, and that it was the establishment and the elite 
who would locked him up for you know contempt of court which is what it was um, absolutely yeah a, a, a law that has rightfully been in place for a very long time and serves to protect people until they are guilty absolutely um so you know then we did hear in terms of the mainstream media wanting to they say that the brexit party is getting so much coverage because mm. the mainstream media want to destroy UKIP. no um. <laughs> <laughs> put, I, I mean, people talk to journalists about these kind of things all the time. I mean, why do you speak to a certain person more than you speak to? Him? Well, the, usually, I mean, Nigel is is very well trained. He knows how the media works. Uh-huh. He usually gives you a story. Usually gives you a line. I'm not talking necessarily about the BBC here, but newspapers and things. And if you keep haven't got someone who can do similar, then they're, then they're not going to get the cover. I mean, it, it, it is as simple as that. Really Nigel, Nigel Farage, like him or loathing, and I'm pretty sure most of you loathe him, has got some star quality about him. He has. I mean, he was. we played last week, didn't we, that clip of him in Clacton? Yeah. And there's a video that accompanies that clip, and you see him command the crowd. Yeah. He knows how to whip up an audience, Absolutely. and he knows how to make headlines. And the crowd, much bigger for Farage in Clacton than, than anything you keep got up in? Absolutely. I mean... I think in the room at the rally, the members only rally in the evening, maximum 50 people. This is in Lowestoft. It's in Lowestoft right. um, with Katie Hopkins. Wow, for only 50 people yeah. for Hopkins as well. Absolutely. Um, and then in the street, it was mostly branch members, maybe 40 of them there. Right. Not great. No, no. So is this is the Brexit party the death of, we talked about it with the Tories last week, I mean, this is a very similar chat. Is Is the Brexit party... The death of UKIP, do you think, or is that is it dependent on the results from the European elections? I asked UKIP this, and their response is no, obviously. But their reasoning is they say the Brexit party has no policies further mm. than mm. Brexit. Yeah, they say they have policies on the NHS, defence, transport. Yeah, etc. etc. Making travel glamorous again. Exactly yeah. as previously, yeah, as yeah. previously discussed. I like that one. Um, but if people's main reason for voting for UKIP was Brexit, mm. then absolutely the Brexit party could scoop up those votes. Yeah, you yeah. just have to remains to be seen what happens. I just think, I mean, my my view on it is that Nigel will, I think, the Brexit party will outperform UKIP yeah. in in the in the uh, upcoming elections because I think Nigel is, uh, you know, he, he just can command a like you said, command a crowd better, gets his message across better. Um, because he's a tried and tested media performer, and again, I'm not saying that I agree with anything that he says, but he does it well, um, he gets airtime. Um, and he, he, if you're putting a panel together of leave, remain, you know, from the from the main groups, you're not going to go to UKIP over, over Nigel Farage. No, and of course, the other thing is, not that the Brexit party hasn't already had its fair share of unsavoury people, mm. but UKIP at the moment is under this cloud of these absolutely disgusting remarks made by Carl Benjamin as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And at the moment they're not they're not obviously condoning him, but they're also not they're pushing not him away. But I mean this is a, a party that's flirting with Tommy Robinson. Absolutely. I mean even Nigel Farage won't do that. You yeah. know, he wouldn't go that far. So this is a this is a UKIP that is probably as extreme as it's been for, you know, forever. Absolutely. Perhaps. Absolutely. Um, and e- even even nutty right wingers Lots of them aren't that nutty. Um, did, did you see Tommy Robinson get a McFlurry on his head? I did. It was a milkshake, uh, wasn't bit, it? Was yeah. it? It was a bit like you and the bird poo well, on exactly, your head. Exactly, exactly. Oh. Very similar. We're very similar characters. That's why you made the comment, isn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> I've only just got that joke. Penny's dropping here live on the podcast. So, Jerry, who do you think's going to... If we were to do a league table of who's going to come where in those European elections, it seems to me like no one really wants to win. The Tories are garbage. Labour... The Tories haven't even put a manifesto out. No. Labour's launch, as me and Steve have just been talking about, was pretty dire. Yep. Um, Lib Dems, Steve described Vince Cable as a trendy vicar. Oh. Because he did a bit sweary on his leaflets. Um, Then you've got... The Brexit Party and UKIP who are just trading blows and taking votes off each other. Yeah. I mean, who is going to be the winner in these? I I do think the Brexit Party are going to storm ahead. I really do. Um, even though there is this kind of fight between them and UKIP, if you look at the polls at the moment, it's Brexit Party on like 30%. Mm. UKIP are down at like 3 or 4. Wow. You know, so maybe they aren't having a fight, but mm. the polls show. So and the winner is going to be Nigel Farage. I think... The winner is going to be Nigel Farage. And Change UK, unfortunately, I think, aren't getting that much traction at the moment. Well, Jerry, with that depressing news, I shall let you get back to chasing politicians around with a dictaphone. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back, Steve. It's time for you to crown... Yes. It's time for you to crown a Brexiteer of the Week. It's good. I like that big, big build-up. Uh, let's start with David Vance. Do you know who David Vance is? We've mentioned him a couple of times before. Uh, who, who was the commentator. Oh, is he, he's the brother of, um, of Tommy Vance. Tommy Vance. He's, he's, I don't think he is. Oh, he's not. He's an alt-right commentator. Uh-huh. I bet Vance Huge followed. Twitter following. Is Tommy Vance still alive? No, sadly he's no longer with That's us. That's a shame, isn't it? TV on the radio. Yeah. He had a lovely voice, Tommy Vance, didn't he? Did. I never would never stand his... Heavy metal no. uh, proclivities, but he did have a lovely voice Great and always voice. seemed to be a nice chap. Good. David Vance, however, alt-right commentator. I think he is uh, from Northern Ireland, or he certainly stood in some Northern Irish elections. He tweets a lot about Muslims. Mm. Very big Twitter following. One idiot. Uh, and he tweeted about the football. Oh, which one? He could pick any number Last of Last night, Barcelona. Wow. Tonight, mm. Ajax. Wow. Johnny Foreigner has oh. been shown a bloody nose, ah. rule Britannia. Oh, oh right. Um, he's big on Brexit as well, obviously, David Vance. I'd just like to point out that the goal scorers for Tottenham and Liverpool yes. were Belgian, Dutch and Brazilian. The managers of Liverpool and Tottenham yep. are German and Argentinian, yep. and Liverpool are owned by Americans. Yep. Yep. Rule yep. Britannia. Rule Britannia. Uh, Boris Johnson, we, we mentioned him briefly before. We didn't mention his tweet uh, at the local elections, did we? Have you noticed? Yeah. Boris, yeah, lost a bit of weight. Lost a little bit of weight, hasn't he? Yeah. Had his hair cut all nice. Wonder yeah. what that's about. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted at eight pm last Thursday night before the um, the hammer came down. Yeah, I just voted Conservative in the local <laughs> elections. Yeah. Make sure you do too. <laughs> and then he deleted it quite soon after because obviously somebody went there aren't any local elections in London. So you're either lying or you've committed voter fraud. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and also I really enjoyed his <coughs> video. Uh, his, his video, I think, w- w- was the next day. Uh, Hi, folks! I wish to wish, wish Muslims in Britain and around the world a holy and blessed month of Ramadan. It's a time for coming together in introspection. Well, how about having some introspection about you calling um, Muslim women bank robbers and letterboxes, and saying that somebody should get all 18th century on Islam's medieval ass. <laughs> uh, you medieval ass uh, Penny Morden 
Ah, Penny. So we mentioned Gavin Williamson going. We didn't mention much about Penny Morden, did we? We didn't, apart from that she would dive off the cruise liners that are now beach landing That's right. craft. Um, and I was looking again uh, the other day at Penny Morden's amazing appearance just before the referendum on the Andrew Marr show. Do you remember this? I do. She said... We have no, we'll have no veto to stop Turkey joining the EU. And Andrew Marr said, that's not right, is it? And she said, yes, it is right. Mm. And he said, it's no. not right. No. And she said, yes, it, it's definitely right. And then at the end of the show, they brought her back on and said, we've checked and it's not right. And she said, it is right. And um, somebody alerted me to this uh, an amazing interview with her. It really, She really did not come out of this very well at all for right. a number of reasons. But it was with Mumsnet which is the, um, it, it's a forum for mothers, and they do sort of Reddit-style AMAs, Ask Me Anything. It's massive. I mean, it, 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 it's been around, it was been a huge internet sensation for a long time. I mean, even Tony Blair did interviews with Mumsnet back in 2005. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, in the election campaign. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's, been, it's been very big for a long time. Anyway, she did, she did an interview with them, uh, I think it was last month. Andrea Ledson really likes it. Uh, of course. <laughs> Sorry, Teresa. Uh, and um, they said, well, why did you say this on the Andrew Marr show three times when you knew it wasn't true? And she said, what I was reacting to was a video that had just emerged of David Cameron saying, I am here to make the case for Turkey's membership of the EU and to fight for it. And she said she was swayed by after seeing that video. Mm. And, um, of course, as she knows, that video was from July 2010. Yeah when our official policy was to encourage Turkey to come up to the standards, yeah. uh, where they could apply for membership of the EU. But by the time of the referendum, David Cameron was saying that Turkey you know, would never qualify until the year 3000. So, you know, I mean, I, she's, got a, she's, got, she's only been a week in the job, but, you know, I, I think there is, you know, even worse to come from Penny Morden than we might have got from... Uh, Spider-Man Gavin Williamson. Oh, I miss him already. Now, uh, John Humphreys, uh, for the second time in a month on the Today programme, he's referred to pressure to, for a second referendum as a dark plot. A dark plot? A dark plot. And uh, we just mentioned it. Three times in ten seconds. Yeah. So that's more than John Humphreys. But uh, is dark plot the kind dark of plot. language you should be using? Dark plot? <laughs> uh, and um, is it... It's not really a dark plot, is it? It's not like we have the, you know, it's not like these that we sort of had a secret meeting of a million a people really, on the streets of London. It's a really bad idea to have a to have a secret which you then broadcast in a podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and of course, we do do a newspaper version yeah. of this podcast. It's in print. It's yeah. really secretive. Yeah. You can only get it if you go into any news agent in this country and you use this. <laughs> This secret code, these secret code words, and they are, excuse me, could I have the new European, please? So, there you go. John Humphreys, I was just thinking, he, remember at the start of the year when he said, I'm going to step down this yeah, year? Yeah, when's, when's that happening? Grey-haired Brexiteers <laughs> who say they're going to step down and then they won't <laughs> announce when they're going to go, and they won't put us all out of our misery by going. Um, so, from old... Old, old silly people. Yeah. So younger silly people. Yeah. You point at me then. Martin Daubney. I'm very young. We've mentioned him before. Yes, we have. I said I would never mention him on this podcast again. Ah, so you're but Martin Daubney well used to be the editor of Loaded magazine. Yes. When it was rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. And now he is a candidate for the Brexit Party, which is rubbish at the European elections. 
and um, he appeared on uh, Tucker Carlson's Fox News show um, on May the 4th, and he was moaning about the UN or something or other, and he said, uh, I saw a bloke from the UN on TV the other day, he came from Geneva in Sweden. And um, it's not a great thing, is it, when you're standing to be a European Parliament um, MEP, to not know that, well, to think that Geneva is in Sweden. I mean, Geneva <laughs> could be in Sweden, couldn't it? Well, Apart from the 14, oh, sorry, 1,600 um, kilometres of Switzerland, Germany and Denmark that are in the way. Um, so um, I think so, quite yeah. a lot of things probably aren't his strong subject. Yes, geography is one of many subjects. But the Brexiteer of the week yes. is, a, is Thomas Paul Kangley. Oh. Thomas Paul Kangley, not featured on here before. Oh, first timer. UKIP candidate mm -hmm. in Liverpool's Kensington and Fairfield ward at the local elections. Yeah. He came second to Labour. Oh. He only missed out by a tiny percentage, 62% of the vote. That was all that was with, <laughs> between him and first place. Ooh, did they and, have a recount? <laughs> and that is, you think he asked for a recount? And that is, um, despite his brilliant leaflet, which contained this rant, Labour give us puddles, potholes and people from places most of us never heard of. Puddles. And Scousers being... Yeah, Labour have given us puddles. <laughs> they invented rain. Puddles? Why did they do that? Why did Corbyn invent the rain? <laughs> Scousers are being socially cleansed to make way for so-called refugees. My uncle Ernie was killed in 1942 <laughs> on HMS MV Abasso, torpedoed by a German U-boat while bringing fighter pilots to Liverpool to defend against invasion. Now there's another invasion. And the best <laughs> of all, I mean, uh, quite remarkable, my uncle was killed in 1942, you know, vote for me. Um, and the effect of all of this was spoiled by the headline next to Thomas Paul Kangley's picture, which said... Britain and the British first, because he'd actually misspelled Britain um, in it. Um, you have one job places. and all of that. So Thomas Paul Kangley is the Brexiteer of the week. Congratulations. Um, what, what, what should the listener do right now? Uh, you could go to steadyhq.com and give to our crowdfunder. You could go to Facebook and you could um, follow the New European, join the New European Readers Group. It would be great if you went to your podcatcher of choice and left a lovely review for the New European Podcast. Please do do that. Uh, and you can uh, follow us on Twitter, at The New European. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. And you can follow me, at Porritt, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. That was The New European Podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. If you haven't already, go and buy the print edition. It is on sale now. It's £2.50 and it's available in all good newsagents. We, of course, will be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go.